0: Earth to Brit can be found wherever you go for your next podcast fix. My handle on Instagram and Facebook is Earth to Brit Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Earth to Brit Pod. Emails can be sent to earthto podcast at gmail.com. The podcast website is www.anchor.fm/slash Earth to Brit. Remember, Brit is spelled with two T's. B-R-I-T-T. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. This is a Yellow Wave production. Hey everyone, Britt here. Earth to Britt. We are back at it, finally. It feels so good to have my anchor. Literally, anchor is the app I use. I just realized, anchor is the app I use for the podcast and I mean that as in, it's like my anchor each week to do these episodes for you and to have a break unexpectedly last week, it was too much to handle. A week off is one thing, but to not plan for that, oh you guys... I'm telling you right now, it was it was something for me to work. I had to work through that because I wanted nothing more than to do anything to make it happen and I just, I really had to let go and it was really difficult. So for anyone out there who had to do something similar this week because of everything going on, I feel you and I'm here for you and you are not alone and I'm proud of you. Whether you caved and did something anyways or what, it doesn't matter. I'm proud of you. So I was, for a while, there's two things that I wanted to talk about this week, and one of them is something super important to me, so I'm just, I'm going to work on that, but it's just not going to be this week. However, I wanted something lighter, something funny, and I'm just not happy with what I have found, and I'm not going to bring you something that's I'm not all into. So I found something that was kind of along the theme of just letting go. Because sometimes you really just have to do that. You just have to let things play out and accept not necessarily fate, not necessarily destiny, but kind of. Sometimes you just got to go with the flow. And sometimes it doesn't turn out that great. Like for these 13 people who found themselves, just like the movie Final Destination, the series really, because there's more than one, Oh, those movies, if you haven't seen them, maybe don't watch them because they they will mess you up a little bit. But just like people in those movies, they these are 13 people who cheated death only to die later from something else. Which is ter- equally terrifying, but it's also like it just goes to show we're not in control. We, we have the illusion that we're in control 99% of the time. But when that 1% comes out like it is right now with everyone on lockdown for the most part, you kind of go a little crazy. Even for you introverts out there, I'm an introvert and this is pure hell for me because think about this. My safe place, my home is where everyone has to be. So my husband, who's a mega extrovert, is stuck at home. This is hell for me. It's hell for him, but it's hell for me too because my safe place is infiltrated. So before you think like all those introverts out there are just loving this, we're probably not. I know I'm not, but I'm probably not alone in that. Anyways, with that being said, that ties right into this perfect segue of you might hear my husband in the background, because as you know, and as I've mentioned, we're in quarantine, we're on lockdown. And he's also on a video conference right now downstairs, and he has a big booming voice and he comes by it naturally. So if you hear it, that's what it is. I will do my best to edit it out, but small potatoes. So yeah, we're going to talk about 13 people who found themselves cheating death only to turn around and be killed anyways. And it ranges from people who have evaded natural disasters, insect attacks, mid-air malfunctioning, mass shooters, car crashes, fires, terrorism, and drowning, only to end up dying later to unexpected circumstances, and even in one of these instances, an orange peel. That just goes to show, again, let me reiterate, the the whole theme for this week is you're not in control. You're just not. So I'm gonna come at you hot with these and hopefully not scar you. That's not the goal. It's basically to pound it in your head so that you can accept you're not in control and that that will hopefully help you let it go. Just let it go. Let that weight off because there's nothing you you can't control it. So just let it go. It's so much easier said than done. But hopefully listening to these stories with these 13 people and their experiences, you'll be like, fuck, I have it so e- like, okay, I can do that. And truly, I hope this helps. So let's do it. Let's get right into it. If only he watched where he was going. This first one, we're going to talk about the person who cheated death only to very quickly, which isn't always the case, turn around and be killed anyways, is a soldier who tries to escape a swarm of wasps in October of 2016. Austin McGough, a 21-year-old soldier stationed at Fort Campbell on the Tennessee-Kentucky border, was on his way back to base after attending a party. Reportedly, he was disoriented and tried to break into a nursery. That doesn't make sense. Uh, While attempting to do so, he struck a wasp's nest. Wasp's nest. (laughs) I got a little excited there. Toxicology reports indicated that McGough was intoxicated. Duh could have done without that info you probably could have too we're smart we're not we got this we can figure this out it it makes sense in an attempt to evade the wasps he inadvertently ran onto highway 41a where an oncoming vehicle fatally hit him that sucks it's like my girl that scene that i can't even watch without crying even to this day and he's escaping that but then bam killed by a car. It feels like that night it wasn't, it wasn't going to end well for him anyways. Uh, then we get this guy, California driver in, well, let me just, let me say that a little bit better. Again, don't forget I'm a little rusty, but I am trying. So in April of 2013, an unnamed California driver lost control of his SUV on the windy Malibu Canyon Road. The man crashed onto the mountainside's ledge, but he was able to jump out of the vehicle onto the road. He barely managed to escape plummeting off a cliff, which that would have been a fatal fall, for sure. Just minutes after abandoning the car, an oncoming tour bus struck the man and killed him. Another one that's just like you just missed it, you turn around and then bam, like you again, you probably weren't gonna survive the night the way it was going. Then on july sixth of twenty thirteen, a sixteen year old. Yamanguan survived the plane crash of flight Asia, you guys, this is embarrassing. I should have looked this up before. Asiana, Asiana, Asiana. If I'm saying that incorrectly, let me know always, but I have to make a decision. So so this guy survives. Nope. She, I am really, really messing this up. I'm three sentences in and I just got every important detail completely wrong and I'm keeping this because I'm human and it's funny. I'm going to start this over though for the sake of her story. So on July 6th of 2013, which, real quick, hold on, sorry, just hit the mic, 2013, okay, so the last one, the one, the guy who missed going over the cliff but then was hit by a tour bus, that was in 2013 as well, kind of sucks. So on July 6th of 2013, 16-year-old Yemeng Wan survived the plane crash of Flight Asia- Asiana 214 at the San Francisco airport. This is so sad. She laid down 30 feet from the crash site. Injured and waiting for help, Ming remained curled up in a ball. So real quick before I continue, can you picture that? You're, you're on the runway think, I'm pretty sure she was near the runway or maybe I'm making that up too. Heck if I know. But anyway, you make it. You're 30 feet from the crash site and you're alive and you know help's coming or you're hoping so anyways. So you just lay there waiting. And at this point, if that were me, I'd be like, okay, I just have to hang in a little bit longer. I can do this. But help is on the way. There's no way it's not. Only for this to happen. This is devastating. When first responders arrived, a fire truck didn't see the teen and ran her over. Can you picture that real quick? A fire truck. That's no, I mean, there's no way you'd survive that. The thing is huge. It's heavy. Oh my God. And it's your, it's the thing that's there to help you and they don't see you. And that's what kills you. The help. This is the worst one. I think of all, especially, obviously so far, but of all the stories I'm about to tell you, I I think this one is probably, I just have a feeling it's going to be the worst one. You're 30 feet from the crash site. You're just waiting for help to arrive. The help gets there and that's what kills you because they don't see you. And can you picture being the driver or even a passenger in that fire truck? Oh, the therapy needed. I can only imagine. City officials cited the chaos of the wreckage as the main factor, but Ye, Ming, Ye Meng's family sued the city for negligence. And I don't blame them, to be honest. It's not even like a personal thing. It's just like a, that's what do you do? You, that seems legit. It's like when you get hurt at like a family member's house and you have to sue them for the home insurance. It's not against them. It's against what happened. It's similar, but it's still, that's just that is rough. This next one is honestly something that I am constantly afraid of. I can't stand going to movie theaters. It it just, or malls. So this is a double whammy for me. But then the fact that, I don't know, this one, actually this one might be worse. This is going to be hard. I, I don't know why I'm trying to decide which one's the worst one, but it's, Human nature, I guess. So Jessica Redfield was an up-and-coming sports broadcaster from Denver, Colorado. In 2012, she died at the hands of the Aurora shooter who entered a midnight screening of The Dark Knight and opened fire on the audience. Again, absolutely terrifying and something I've always been afraid of even before mass shootings were as common as they are. So before this, she was a victim of of the attack at the mall in Toronto, which happened one month before this one. So one month before she went to the movie theater and was shot, she was at the mall in Toronto where, uh, let's see, she actually managed to sneak out of the Eaton Center when the gunman started shooting. So another mass shooter, and she happened to escape it. Not only that, it happened one month prior. So the fact for her to go to the movie theater I feel like she probably was terrified, to be honest, and was just like, I have to do this. I have to get on with my life and then gets shot by another match. I mean, that's just, seriously, that's just wild. So yeah, why don't you guys soak that up for a minute? Because I need to take a break personally. That's just a lot. And I'm going to play an ad real quick and just, I know I say this probably more than I realize, but. I only do ads that I choose. I turn down anything that I don't like and I only share ads that are important to me or that I think are, would be important to you or something that you as my family would enjoy. So always know that. I'm not afraid to go an episode without ads. It's just that the ads that I find are so worth sharing and helpful and cannot hurt to hear, especially the sex trafficking one. You know that app? Yeah. Well, if you don't know about it and you're new, keep listening because you're going to hear all about it right now. And it's, it's pretty amazing because like I say in the ad, you take the pictures anyways. Why not make a difference with them? You can make a difference easily. So do it. So yeah, enjoy this next ad and we'll be back for some more escaping death stories only to die, which is depressing. But again, keep in mind the main theme of this is We don't have control. As scary as that is, it's the fact, it's the truth. So the sooner you accept it, the easier it is to just enjoy right now. All right, I'll be back in just a few. Hey, do me a favor real quick and go to your app store. Then download Traffic Cam. It's spelled T R A F F I C K C A M. And it'll look like a white square with the letter E and the letter I. And the letter I will have a blue dot over it. What this app does is it helps you combat sex trafficking simply by uploading pictures of the hotel rooms you stay in when you travel. Because let's be honest, you're taking the pictures, anyways probably to send to your friends and make them jealous, or even just for yourself. Either way, take it a step further and add those photos to this app to help investigators search and find other images with this hotel room or a similar room just like it so that they can get more info and and narrow down these crazy, elusive sex trafficker people. I mean, (laughs) they are people, believe it or not. What they do is just inhumane though, because a lot of times traffickers will post photos of their victims post in these hotel rooms that you're staying at for online advertisements. These pictures can become evidence and they can be used to find and prosecute the perpetrators of these crimes. So in order to use these pictures, investigators need you to help them out by uploading pictures of where you're staying And make it known where you're staying that way they can take this picture and say this is the Hilton blah 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 wherever or this is I don't even know days in I I don't know I feel like they probably have everything you can imagine do it today because taking these photos that like I said you're probably already taking and adding them to this app it won't take much time and it could save so many lives And it could really, really help investigators out. Do the right thing, take the pictures, and send them to this app. Well, this one's some pretty shitty karma. 26-year-old Hilda Yolanda Mayall worked in a restaurant on the ground floor of the World Trade Center. So she was actually there during the September 11th attacks in 2001, but was not injured. Two months later, she goes on a trip for, uh, to the Dominican Republic and ends up dying on American Airlines Flight 587, which crashed in Queens, New York. And ironically enough, at the time, many feared that that crash in Queens was a second terrorist attack, but the accident was attributed to the pilot's mishandling of the rudder controls during turbulence, which that alone is kind of like pretty mind-blowing. Something that is done so often back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with these flights. And what happened, what caused this crash that so many died on, is a mishandling of the rudder controls during turbulence. Which, if you've ever been on a flight, you've more than likely, I think it's like over 90% of the time, experienced turbulence, which is considered, I'm air quoting here, super normal. Like, just part of the package. It's just par for the course, yet a pilot can mishandle. I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And that sucks. That really sucks. This next one, though. Holy shit. This one is like, is there a movie out about this? Because there needs to be. In 2011, medical professionals had declared. First of all, this is a Russian name. So give me a break. Fedge. <laughs> Fajel Yu Okay, I really. Mukhametsyanov. We're going to call her FM. Of Kazan, Russia. They declared her dead at 49 years old. Her family does the normal human thing and begins grieving and arranging a funeral. At the memorial, FM awoke. To prayers as the family prepared her body for the burial. Burial. When you haven't spoken because you're stuck at home all the time, it's. I'm very impressed with myself actually that I've done this well. You guys, I'm sure you are in there, right along with me. I'm sure you've questioned things and thought you were going crazy, and then when you're talking, you're like, "Am I talking?" Yeah, we're all in this together. So. Realizing that she was now attending, can you first of all, put yourself in her shoes or in her coffin, realizing that she was now attending her own funeral, the woman reportedly bolted upright and screamed for help. She suffered a heart attack and subsequent heart failure, which resulted in her death. She scared herself to death because she was scared to death because she was supposedly dead. I mean, this is like, seriously, there needs to be a movie about this absolute nightmare. She is pronounced dead. They start to bury her, which is like, was she in a coma? What? I don't understand what happened. What happened? That's so weird to me. Um, But there's also, I know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head specifically, but I know of like three other times that this has happened. And it's just mind blowing and terrifying and nightmare. This is what nightmares are made of you you die so to speak even though you're not dead your family is trying to bury you and then you wake up and you realize what what's going on and then you're like holy shit i'm at my own funeral and you of course you freak out but then you freak out so much that you freak out yourself to death <laughs> oh, poor girl um so then we're going to go back in time to 1977 when the entire University of Evansville men's basketball team, except for one player, died in a crash only 90 seconds after the plane took flight. another It's like these stories are already bad enough, but then these little tiny details just make it like, it's like a twisting of the knife. The plane takes off in 90 seconds later. To me, it's like, there's no way that we could be hurt. We just took off. Like, how are we, how are we that high? How can we not control our way back down? It's so wild. But then again, this is 1977, so I do wonder if things, I would assume things have changed as far as that, like if that happened again 90 seconds after the plane took off, that I feel like now we would have it figured out to where we could land okay. But then we've got 2011 where turbulence comes along and the pilot mishandles the gears. And so I guess really it's kind of a shit show any way you look at it. basically stop flying. Or if you do fly, like you're really risking it, even though I know you're not. It's just these stories really make you think. So why was the whole team on the flight except for this one guy? Well, he actually had hurt his ankle and he was 18 at the time. And so that prevented him from playing with the Purple Aces. So he skipped the flight that would ultimately kill all his teammates. Which, is a, which makes it worse is this fact. The team previously had only ever traveled by bus. But the coach requested that they fly in style for this particular away game. So sad. Like just trying to like do something nice or treat them or just like, you know what, we deserve this. And then that happens. And then this happens. Two weeks after that, Fur, the one who was hurt his ankle so he wasn't on the flight and his 16 year old brother were involved in a driving accident that resulted in both of their deaths. Can you imagine being their parents? You come like your your kid is the literal only survivor simply because he wasn't on the flight that he was supposed to be on. You would feel so like, oh my God, how blessed. You'd probably feel guilty. A lot of feelings. I don't think we need to go through them all. It's pretty I mean, we can think about it like you would feel all of the feelings. But mostly, I think I'd feel like, holy shit, what a close call. Like, I'm so thankful you weren't on that. And then he and your other son are both killed two weeks later. Anyways, it's this is this is really I didn't think it was going to be easy, but I didn't think it'd be this heavy. Uh, but then again, that's what I do. I can't help but put myself as if I'm there or if I've experienced it. So, moving right along. Jessica de Lima Roll had spent weeks organizing a university party at a local Brazilian club in Santa Maria, Rio Grande do Sol. I've been there. Not to this specific place, but I've been there. However, When her boyfriend asked her to stay in and skip the event, she agreed at the last minute. And I'm just trying to think of myself, like my personality. If I had spent, even if I hadn't spent weeks planning something, if I had my mind set, like I'm going to this and if I was in the right, it would take a lot to get me out of that mood. It wouldn't matter. Like you stay home and I'm going. I don't know that I would, unless I had like a really bad feeling, but I don't know. I'm not sure that I would have been able to stay home. But anyway, them staying home saved their life because 233 people died from a fire that broke out in that nightclub that night. That's a lot of freaking people. But, and this is work, it's kind of crazy to me. A week later, 21-year-old Roel and her boyfriend, the boyfriend that convinced her to stay home the night that that club had a fire the same guy they died when their car collided with an oncoming truck so it's it that for some reason this one most of all more than the others and again i don't know why but reminds me of final destination because those two people were met like everyone else was just them and then you've got the the one right before the flight with the the guy and then his brother but the brother wasn't supposed to be on that flight this one is the first one where like those two people were supposed to be at that club that night and then they weren't but then those two people died which if you know anything about about Brazilian culture um, when you're dating you spend a lot of time together it's like a very jealous culture as far as the women go and I I can't really talk too much about that without sounding uh, judgmental. It's just a culture thing, and I can go into that another time and explain it. But it's it's very—you're always with your boyfriend and girlfriend, like you you spend—it's like being married, but even more intense, if that makes sense. So, and it and it's a, it's across the board. It's a cultural thing. So that part is probably why. But it's just like. Oh my God. Like you two were supposed to die and you did it, And then now you both died and they were together too, which again, that's the Brazilian thing. But if that happened in America or somewhere else, it'd be even scarier because oh, it just makes you question too. Like, can you cheat death? Is it possible? Are you supposed to? Is that even a thing? I don't know. It's wild. This one is about a child, so if that's going to bother you, skip ahead, okay? Five-year-old Aiden Evans and his family escaped a massive tornado in Moore, Oklahoma. This tornado happened in May of 2013, and it did enormous damage. So the Evans left their son with family in Jesseville, Arkansas, while they dealt with the aftermath. According to police, the boy threw a tantrum while his parents were gone. So... That part is kind of vague. Like, was it a one-time thing? Was it a couple times? Because that makes me wonder how this next part happened. So it was reported that fifty-year-old fifty-year-old Lynn Gailing, the neighbor of Aiden's aunt where he was staying uh, with family in Arkansas, while the family was back in Oklahoma, went to comfort him, but her hundred and fifty-pound bull mastiff reacted aggressively and attacked the boy. Gailing. Lynn screamed for help and tried to pry the dog's teeth away, but the boy ended up with fatal injuries. So the dog bites somehow, I'm guessing it was internal injuries. I don't know. They don't give details, but it was enough to kill him. The dog was euthanized following this attack. So the whole tantrum thing, I'm wondering, was he throwing a temper tantrum and how bad was it? Because my great Dane, if if my son and my husband are even play wrestling he gets very upset granted the worst he's done is like a soft bite as a warning when I was pregnant once he crossed the room in no time at all and grabbed my husband's arm softly like a soft grab which is very impressive the restraint like I wish I had that restraint Um, restraint but I don't and It just makes me think, and this is not a victim blaming. I'm just simply curious how this happened because it's not, that's not a normal thing. Um, And Mastiffs and Great Danes are, yeah, they're, they're freaking huge, but they're also super sweet. They get the term gentle giants for a reason. I don't know. There's more to that for sure. And I'm again, not victim blaming and I don't think it's this child's fault. However, it really makes me sad that this is probably a really random, crazy miscommunication, mishappening, mishandling, all those things, a perfect storm of, well, perfect storm, i that pun not intended, but I mean, I guess it works, of things that caused it, but it just saddens me when a child dies, and or anyone, but it's really shitty when it's a kid, and a dog, because I don't know. I feel like this could have really been avoided in so many ways. But also, I don't think anyone's to blame at the same time. So all around, shitty, not ideal. Uh, Then we're going to move on to, right now we're going to talk about Marcus Garvey, who had a stroke after reading his fake obituary. (laughs) So he was considered a trailblazer for the black nationalist movement and was a force, force, force. He was a force, but he was also, what I intended to say, is a fierce Jamaican politician who advocated the return of those affected by the African diaspora. So it came as no surprise to Garvey that he had several political opponents, which, side note, whether you stand for something or nothing or whatever, or something small, as a politician, you have to stand for something and that automatically is going to bring enemies. I mean, it's, that's part of politics. However, he was shocked once he came across a fake obituary in the Chicago Defender about him. So the obituary, obituary, which was reportedly negative and demeaning about Garvey's opinions, it enraged this man so much that he suffered two strokes and passed away on June 10th of 1940. So I think that's unfortunate. Don't know him, don't know much about him. I'm plan on looking him up after this but regardless it sucks that something like a joke like that caused him so much anger and emotion that he had two strokes and passed away it, al- it also smells like a little fishy like there had been more going on there who knows oh, this next one though super sad super sad so this one Reminds me, well, I'll tell you this story after the original. what I'm supposed to tell you <laughs> the reason we're here, the escape from death only to die later. So in 2007, Bud Warren and his daughter Phyllis Writings, uh, Bud, so his name's Warren, I guess it made it sound like it was his last name. So Bud is his nickname, his name's Warren, and then his daughter Phyllis, their last name is Writings for anyone who's concerned about details. <laughs> Let me clarify. Uh, they survived a potentially lethal emergency landing after crashing in an open field. We're talking about an airplane, by the way. So the father and daughter were a part of the Experimental Aircraft Association. And the incident near Magnolia, Texas did not change their passion for flying. So this was truly a f- like the photo is horrible. It shows the p- plane on fire crash. And it, I mean, it looks bad. It looks. It looks like it's also split in half not ideal, but this didn't stop them from flying and it didn't, it didn't change. I mean, obviously it's a passion. That's, I get it. I totally get that. So then after this in Magnolia, Texas, that accident, four years later, their plane again malfunctioned. So at this time, Warren is 70 and Phyllis is 52. They were on their way to an air show in Temple when the cockpit began to fill with smoke. I feel like I said that weird, but I could be wrong. So I'm going to say it again. The cockpit began to fill with smoke. Their plane crashed near Montgomery County Airport, and they died. So it's sad because it's a dad-daughter thing, and it's also sad because it happened so many years later, which it's kind of like, well, I mean, as weird as this is to say, and this is not me being dismissive or harsh, but they died doing what they obviously love and together. I mean, I don't know. Again, it's better if it doesn't happen, but that one is a little bit easier to take because they clearly loved it so much and they were still together doing it. So it could be way worse, I guess, because we all do have to die. But that one's a little bit of an easier pill to swallow for me anyways. And it also, it does make me think of my dad because growing up, he always would talk about getting his pilot's license. And then I remember him either going out to practice, flying or something like that. And by the time he got home, I had already packed a bag because I thought now I have access to the world. And I was five at the four, four, five or six. I know (laughs) what a range, right? Well, it's something like that. So I was four or five or six. And I remember packing my bag. It was the tiniest little duffel. I think it was made for a doll, which just goes to show I didn't even need much. I didn't even care. I just wanted to go travel still do. So not much has changed. Oh, another one that makes me think of a childhood fear. Okay. So in June of 2007, six-year-old Abigail Taylor from Edina, Minnesota experienced near fatal trauma after an accident in a wading pool, a wading pool. So she got caught in a pool drain at the Minneapolis golf club in St. Louis park and had extensive damage to her organs, but she did survive. So here's the thing. Growing up, I remember watching a special probably on 2020 or something like that where it was all about pool drains and all of those who were killed or harmed, mostly killed by them. Even in high school, when we had swimming and diving and stuff, I was sure, and I still am to this day, to stay away from the pool drain because watch one of those or look it up. It is it is terrifying. And after this special, I was absolutely horrified but I will admit it didn't stop me from swimming. I just stayed away from the drain. I still do. And you should too. Seriously, look that up. It is it is like, I feel like it's like an unknown danger out there that not a lot of people know about. And once you watch it, you're just like, how did we not know this? How is this not like a an PSA for everyone? Well, consider this yours because that shit's real. So unfortunately, nine months later, Abigail died in a special surgery intended to transplant some of her organs that were damaged in the incident. So the original incident, those organs that were damaged, she went to surgery nine months after the fact, and she died, which is just, it's just stupid. Six years, I mean, it's just stupid. I can't. So her death obviously sparks outrage, and Minnesota state officials instated new laws to make pools safer throughout the county. And I'm hoping that's true, especially now that it's 2020. But again, you guys, look this up. It's a thing. It is a thing, and it's so scary. You're going to probably never want to swim again. I'm going to take a real quick break, though, because this next one is the last one, and I saved it for last because it is the most ironic, in wild, one of all. And that's what I want to leave you remembering is that sometimes you just, you don't have control. So enjoy this quick ad. I'll be right back. Want to make a difference in someone's life? there are millions of ways you can do that but this one is extra special it's something i've always wanted to do and recently i did the damn thing i wrote to a prisoner a prisoner who is desperate for a friendship outside the walls of prison write a prisoner is an amazing program that allows you to search prisoners who are requesting letters from all over the world you can do a basic search like age maximum sentence length, even horoscope sign. Or you can do an advanced search, raising my hand over here, that's my jam, and get real specific. I chose all, which on the site is any, meaning no stipulations, but I felt pulled the most to an inmate on death row. You can search for as long or as little as you like. I searched for five and a half hours because I knew I would know as soon as I saw the one. Female, male, it didn't matter to me. The crime didn't matter. My search paid off because, as I suspected, I knew right away when I found my pen pal. I have zero doubts that this experience will impact my pal, but it'll probably impact me the most. I'm not crying. You're crying. (sighs) Curious? Head over to www.writeaprisoner.com and find your friend or friends because there is no limits to how many pen pals you write to, but it is highly suggested that you do not write to multiple prisoners at a single location. Go, do it. For more information, go to www.writeaprisoner. That's W-R-I-T-E-A-P-R-I-S-O-N-E-R. We are going to wrap up this episode with the craziest one of all, the most ironic. Bobby Leach was a famed daredevil in the early 1900s. He was a professional stuntman in the Barnum and Bailey Circus, and he performed many of his stunts to live audiences. His notable achievement is surviving a barrel ride over Niagara Falls in 1911, and he was the second person to successfully do so. Have you ever been to Niagara Falls? That is bizarre, even to this day, but in, to do so in 1911 and to be the second person? Also, if you notice, I said surviving, the second person surviving, I can't even imagine how many people attempted. I'm sure that number's out there. Regardless, it's... Oh, that just makes me cringe. Why? I don't know. I get... I mean, it's entertaining. Some people have it in them. Whatever. Not me. (laughs) Not me at all. Not that, anyways. So he would travel internationally, and he even toured New Zealand in 1926. It's while he was in New Zealand when Leach reportedly slipped on an orange peel and severely injured his leg. That wound ultimately developed gangrene, which led doctors to need to amputate. They decided we've got to amputate this leg. Two months after that, he passed away because of these injuries and the complications of these injuries at 68 years old, all from slipping on an orange peel. It just go, you guys remember the whole point of this episode is to show you that you have no control and just let go so that you can just enjoy today because who knows how long we have who knows how we're going to go not me not you nobody dancing with destiny cheating death whatever however you want to look at it it's it's crazy because this guy survived going over in a barrel niagara falls if you've never been look it up look up a youtube video i assure you it's nothing near the experience of actually being there and seeing the enormous like the i can't even think of the word i just lost the word not enormous the oh what's the word it's seriously (laughs) it's so big i can't i just lost the word for the description I'm looking for it's massive okay just think of it that way it's freaking massive it's enormous it's mammoth I mean it's freaking huge and to survive going down that in a barrel only to die later because you slip on an orange peel and the injuries that happen from that just keep on like in a weird way I'm I'm realizing this as I'm saying it those injuries just are like a waterfall in and of themselves that just lead to worse and worse and worse and then death. So, damn. That waterfall analogy is kind of on point if if I if I must say so myself. Patting myself on the back. <laughs> got you got to just like cheer yourself on, okay? And that's just all I'm doing because that if you think about it, it's kind of crazy. So he survives going down this waterfall, this huge waterfall. And then he slips on an orange peel. And then, like a waterfall, just worse, 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 until eventually he dies. And it all leads back to that orange peel. For real. It just, I'm holding my head right now because it just, it really is crazy. So, moral of the story, folks, is we, number one, we're all in this together. Number two, right now we're all specifically going crazy. I'm sure of it and number 3 if you remember this at the end of the day it'll make it all so much easier you don't have control so the sooner you can let go as difficult as it is and i'm telling you right now it's one of the hardest things you're going to be able, you're ever going to have to do as soon as you just let go oh, it's such a relief i promise and you know what you don't have to you can keep on holding on but you could also fall from an orange peel and die from your injuries later on They just keep getting worse, 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 and then you die or any of the other things I talked about. Not to mention the fact that there are thousands of stories out there that aren't in this episode that are pretty much the same thing or similar. You cheat death one way only to find it the other because we all have to die someday. We're not in control. It's so much easier if you let go and just go with the flow, roll with the punches and enjoy it too. That's the other part. It's... Part one is letting go. Part two, which look forward to maybe sneak peek a little bonus later this week. Part two is just in once you let go, enjoying yourself and the process. So much easier to do if you let go. Okay, I digress. You do you. I'll do me. We'll get through this however we have to. But regardless, we're in it together. I hope you enjoyed Like I said, stay tuned for a bonus later. Maybe. Yeah, yes, that's a yes. There's going to be a bonus. I say maybe, but there's going to be a bonus. And aside from that, I will be back at it next week for episode 14. Bye, guys. Love you. Have a good one. Peace out. This is a Yellow Wave production.